So uh, the other day I was coming back from two large conferences in Vancouver and I was waiting at the airport in Vancouver to fly to my connection and I saw this woman and she had in front of her in the wheelchair uh, a man and this woman who you could tell was her husband next to her were um, working with this man in the wheelchair and I don't ever want to be rude and, and stare but you could not help but watching and you could see this motherly love for this adult man in this wheelchair and as I was observing and seeing the love by which she just dealt with him I couldn't help but going up to her and introducing myself <clears throat> And her name was um, Eileen, his name was Bob, and the, and the man in the chair, the, the husband was Bob, and the man in the chair was Stephen. They were from Jacksonville, heading back home. And um, I told them how beautiful of a witness, uh, I mentioned this to Eileen, I said what a beautiful witness she was, seeing the love that she had. And I bent down to introduce myself to Stephen, and he is, not only does he have cerebral, uh, cerebral palsy, he was blind, and she said he was nonverbal. And so I went down, knelt down to see him, but yet he could not hear me or understand me. And yet, when she would talk to him, he could understand. And she said the way that she learned to communicate with him was through a balloon. She would blow up a balloon and let him feel the balloon and then she would talk into the balloon and then the, the, the reverberations, the vibrations from the balloon would enable him to learn what she was telling him. And then he would speak. And the father couldn't do this. I was talking to him, I, I couldn't do that, but yet she could. And I was just so amazed at the beauty of the feminine, the feminine genius, as John Paul would call it, that she had a gift that I as a priest didn't have, the father, the husband didn't have, but yet she did. And it was just this beautiful, between the motherhood and the feminine beauty that just really was an amazing scene. And by this point, everybody was kind of watching as she was listening as she was telling the story. And I just told her, I said, I don't even have to know you to know what an amazing woman you are because God chose you to be a special needs mom. Not many people can do this. Not many people are able to do that, but God chose you to be a special needs mom. And I said, you are a special woman. And then it occurred to me the beauty of the woman, and that's what our gospel is about today. The, the, the beauty of the woman that even Jesus recognized and allowed into his travel companions when this was scandalous at the time. I mean, even today, 2,000 years later, we cause scandal if, as a priest, we travel with a woman. It's just scandalous. We don't do that. And it's like Jesus didn't look at it that way. He saw the beauty. 
You know, Luke here mentions certain women that followed Jesus. Now, this would have been very unusual. Um, this is one of several passages in Luke that he talks about women. He focuses much more than any of the others. He's the one that talks about Elizabeth, Anna in the temple, the sinful woman that came up to Jesus, Martha and Mary, healing the crippled woman, the parable of the woman and the, last coin, uh, the lost coin, the parable of the woman and the judge. This is all in Luke. And so they believe Luke's mentor was the blessed mother. She was the one that Luke learned from. Doesn't it make sense? The beauty of the woman. And so most of all, the Bible is a description of women who were the first witnesses of the resurrection. And this is what we read in this gospel. Um, Jesus here has a different attitude towards women than any religious leader or teacher of that time. The rabbis, they refuse to teach women. They generally assign them a very inferior place. They were they were looked down upon, even called dogs. That's where we get the word, the B word, the in, in derogatory term for a woman. And so, you know, in the four gospels, if you read though, who are Jesus's enemies? I've said this before, Jesus's enemies are all men. And um, that's why the church honors uh, women like this. Uh, you know, even the, the feast of Mary Magdalene or the memorial has been now elevated to a feast. And so here we have, it's very interesting because with the disciples, uh, they were mixed. There was a whole mixed group and it's the same with these women. Um, listen to the three that the gospel points out. First of all, Mary Magdalene, who we know God cast out, or Jesus cast out the demons. She had a very dark past. Shows anybody can be forgiven. But then there was Joanna, and she was the wife of Herod's chief finance officer and confidant. Um, she was definitely, therefore, wealthy. She got Mary Magdalene with a sketchy past, and you got Joanna with a very lofty place, and, you know, a lady of the court. So it's really amazing to see these two in the same company. Uh, but that's how Jesus did. It was the same with the apostles. Matthew, the zealot, or excuse me, Simon the zealot, would have never gotten along with Matthew, a tax collector. He would have killed him. But Jesus brought them together. And then Suzanne has mentioned um, that she helped Jesus. We don't know a lot more about her. But anyway, it, it, the question that I think we should ask ourselves in this reading is, are we more like the apostles when the scriptures tell us they cared more about their status, their position, who's the greatest? They were talking amongst themselves. Or are we more like these women who were simply happy to be in the background, serve quietly, and generously give of their resources? Because it says right here, they provided for them out of their resources. The Bible tells us Jesus accepted these donations. So in our fallen state, you know, we tend to want to be in a higher position. We be served, placed first. However, Jesus, as we know, came to serve, not be served. And this is why the gospel, I think, honors these women. They imitated Jesus in this way. 
And so, you know, it's not the person always in the foreground. I always point out, you know, when I go to conferences and people say, oh, Father, um, we watch your videos or your, your shows. No, I mean, the show, nobody really understands who's behind it. Uh, cameraman Giuseppe, Stacy, Mary Clark used to be our producer. She retired. Now we have Stacy. We have Matt, our video guy. We have Brother Mark, Brother Ken behind the scenes on these masses. That's really who makes the things go. Father Kaz, Father Anthony, myself, Father Matt, we're nothing in front without those who are behind. Not behind meaning inferior, but behind the scenes. They're the ones who are getting more merit out of this than anyone because they selfishly, selflessly give of themselves to bring this message of God to you. And that is what we have here. You know, um, basically, they're the, the, the helpers in the background, unseen but essential. And I think that's powerful. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, um, you know, unlike the apostles, they took pride in being chosen as the 12. These women didn't. They didn't demand special privileges or say who's the greatest. Jesus just touched them and they were grateful to do anything for him. Um, they, they helped him out of their resources. Um, do we do that? You know, these women are very important. Um, the Bible has a different role for them than the 12 apostles, but in some ways, they're equal in grace. God gave them just as much grace, and we don't think about that. Um, so I want to finish by saying St. Paul says, in Christ there is no slave or free, no Jew or Gentile, no male or female. What does he mean by that? That was radical. Um, these were the basic social, social divisions. All right, let's look at this. Free men were better than slaves. He says there's no slaves or free. Huge advantage of the Jews over the Gentiles. The Jews were good. The Gentiles were bad. Now Paul says there's no Jew or Gentile. It's the same with male and female. The males were elevated. Females were inferior. And now Paul says there's no male or female. Um, this is interesting. So Jesus wasn't too proud to take donations from those who were deemed inferior. Culture called them inferior, but Jesus took donations from them. You know, that's humble. That's, we see Jesus being humble because he was willing to make himself dependent on others. Here's the God of the universe the word through which the universe was created. And he's relying on the help of inferior women. It's amazing. But he didn't have to. He could have just created all the money or food in the world. They could have had whatever they wanted. But he was humble enough to receive from these lowly women as the society saw them. You know, today many of us are too proud to receive help. Um, you know, I think of my own family. I never, I would never stoop down to ask for help. I'm, I'm self-sufficient. Um, no, that, that sometimes can be pride because sometimes the ability to humbly receive is more like Jesus than the ability to give. 
sometimes to humbly receive is more like Jesus than the ability to give. Because if you have the ability to give, you want to kind of dictate things. You want to kind of control things. Um, giving may make us think that we're in a high place, but receiving puts us into a low, humble place. And I think that's awesome. So anyway, I, oh, there is one last little thing right now. The synod is beginning, not beginning, but the, the, the bishops are coming, and we have to pray for the synod. And there's all these rumors going around. I, I have not made any uh, public statements about the synod because I'm waiting to see what comes out of it. But there's talk about women deacons. And I want to use this last second here to, to mention that the term of the women's support of Jesus' mission is called diacona. This is what a lot of people will point to. This may refer to a deacon or a deaconess created in the early church. However, deaconesses were servants in the church to women, like helping them be baptized because there would be maybe an undress or something. They did not exercise ordained ministry. They were not clergy. And this is the whole confusion going on right now um, with the synod and, you know, will there be ordained women deacons? Oh, there was in the early church. Yes, there was deaconesses. They were not ordained clergy. They were given the mission to assist other women in the faith, such as being baptized. And so let us keep things in perspective this is not men being inferior to women. It's the roles are different. The roles are different. As I said, cloistered nun, in terms of way of life, is a higher calling than a diocesan priest. And so it's not about what's equal or greater or less. It's equal but different. Different, like I said. And so men and women, I mean, are equal. Roles are different and sometimes unequal. But men and women are created equal, just different in capacity in terms of roles within God's hierarchy. And so that's not a negative. It's not chauvinistic. It's just the reality of how God set it up. And praise be to God for a cloistered nuns, the highest of all callings. I saw a bumper sticker once that said, are you thankful the world still exists? Thank a cloistered nun. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? 
I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.